Hey, good day. This is Andy Ruggles, um, a partner with PwC, and I lead our U.S. tax reporting and strategy practice. I'm sitting with Teresa Peacock, also a partner in our tax reporting and strategy practice. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you. So, Teresa, let's have a discussion around tax reform and how it's impacting organizations and their thought around um, process and technology. And I'm going to let's start with the discussion around we've got several software vendors out that are have been around for a long time, some longer than others, offering uh, provision software automation. In light of tax reform, how do you see these vendors dealing with tax reform and all the new needs that clients will have in this new regime? Yeah, and there are five different major vendors out there, and I would say it's pretty similar across all of them. They're coming out with some updates that will address particular issues, but a lot of the things that are embedded within the tax reform are things that they were offline calculations in any event, or they would be an offline calculation. So in many cases, what clients are working through is how to extract data from ERPs, pull it through a calculation model, and then have using that Excel add-in feature that all of the vendors have, being able to pull the, the results in, as well as pull things like taxable income out of the provision modules. So I think we're probably going to see a combination of both, that the vendors will have some specific updates, but there's not like a big model coming out from any of them that will really address guilty or beat some of the big calculations. There are some that will help pull the data together based on the compliance tools that they have, say EMP, those type of input fields, and allow you to make adjustments to it that will then feed back into the software. So there are some things, I won't say there's not anything being developed, but there's definitely still going to be some offline models that people will be building, whether that's internally that they build or possibly they buy solutions from the boutique vendors. I know some of the firms are coming out with some solutions as well. So pulling those pieces together in a really integrated model with controls around how the data is flowing between them is probably the challenge that most ta taxpayers will be looking at. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, given that there's still uncertainty with how to run the calcs, uh, we're going to see very flexible calculation models. I know that's been our approach at PwC, but really if I'm thinking about my provision automation solution, I'm thinking about my 2018 provision, it's unlikely that there's any significant change. It's really going to be about managing calcs and how they feed into or out of. And it's interesting, it's more likely that the, some of the compliance tools will actually build in these calcs because of we are going to have some 2017 filing compliance requirements. Maybe just highlight what you mean by that. Yeah, so whenever you look at the compliance requirements and you think about the toll charge coming into the e-filing that will be required on the U.S. returns, and then you look forward to some of the guilty and beat that will come in 2018 for calendar year companies. When you think about those elements, then the software vendors will have to change to be able to do that yep. e-filing at the back end. And so I think that that is still very much moving. A lot of guidance still needs to come out. The updates need to be made to the software. But there may be some ability to pull data from those international engines within the compliance to also feed into the provision. That's another option that some of the companies are looking at. The other thing I would add into this discussion is our what we've seen is organizations have implemented provision software solutions over the last decade or so. And our advice generally has been every two to three or four years, you should be doing a health check or make sure you're stepping back and looking at what are, what are the vendors done from an update perspective? And I'm on, am I on the latest version? And second, as organizations and people change, are, are people using the software in an optimal or proper way? And so it's not always about uh, if you do have a software, um, just are the calculations, especially around tax form, going to be pushed. This might be a time to do that health check 
to get somebody who does a lot of software provision implementations to come in and just take a quick walk through what do we have today and help think through organizations. That's the most practical, I would say easy approach that I've seen organizations do in light of tax reform. Right, there have been a lot of updates by the vendors over the past couple of years. So one, just keeping your, your instance healthy and then also really making use of the new releases because I do see a lot that they apply the update button but they really haven't stopped to recast how they're going to use the tools to make use of all the new functionality. So now's a great time to embrace that because tax reform in and of itself, a lot of detailed information that's going to be needed to do these calculations, but really what's going to strain it at the seams was most companies were barely getting through the provision process as it was. Close cycles are short, data is not always what you need it to be, and so they brute force got the provision through. Now we're layering a lot more things on top of it. So how do they make that as streamlined as possible, really make use of it? And then I think the other emerging thing that I'm seeing is really business intelligence tools on the back end. So as you think about the ETR reports, the deferred reports, pulling information out of those software tools and feeding them into an analytics engine or a visualization engine that will help you interpret the results. So really streamlining the provision process and then the reporting on the back end. And some of the tools do have reporting embedded, others the reporting, I think that's something that uh, is an ability to improve the tools. If not, there's definitely a lot of BI tools on the market. But starting to make sense of the results is the other thing of time savings and using an automated feed to review by exception versus reviewing every detail. Let me give a twist on this discussion. What are fiscal year filers that are in provision software doing? Because they're in this different space where it's not a clean break like many of our calendar years. Mm -hmm. What practically are they doing? Well, most are, are figuring out exactly how it's going to impact them. So the, the tools all handle it a bit differently. And so some of them, are at least one major one, applies the ending deferred balance that, or deferred tax rate to the beginning balance and then um, pulls it through the current calculation. So you get to the end result, but it's not always the pieces that you need on the reporting. And so working out and figuring out exactly how rate change applies within your instance, because it also matters how you've configured the tool. So are you going to get that ETR report that gives you a really clean break of the step from 35% to the current year blended rate for fiscal year filers and then down to the 21% for future years. That's definitely a math exercise that you want to be sure you have thought through exactly how the technology solution is going to work, how the reporting is going to work, and work through with your auditors how the ETR change will be presented where you see the change in rate and make sure that you can very clearly quantify the impact of the current year deferred change and then also the end of year deferred change. Yep. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, so fiscal year filers um, have a little more time. Complex. They're getting the benefit of some of the calendar year um, year ends that have already gone through and maybe still have the work ahead of them. Mm -hmm. So good stuff. Yes. And so like if I took a look though, so I, I spend a lot of time working with co companies that are putting in provision software, but if a client, I'll ask you a question back. If, are there, if a client's looking at, they're in a very Excel intensive environment, maybe haven't put a tool in in the past, do you think now is the time to do that given everything else going on? Yeah, so it's interesting because having spent the last decade working with tax functions around how do you introduce automation and change data process technology, because really that's what we're talking about. The most resounding answer we get is now's not a good time, and I could look at the last decade to say there's never a good time. Exactly. And we see this with a lot of organizations, which is the trains are constantly running, and so how do you move a train off one set of tracks mm -hmm. onto another set and keep them both running? So that's, I would say this is 
So the challenge is enhanced with tax reform and trying to deal with the onslaught of the new regime and moving to the new calcs. Um, so I would say that's enhanced, but I go back to, and I've used this a number of times, if we were designing some of our processes on a blank sheet of paper, how would we do them? Mm -hmm. We do them where we extract data directly from its sources and run automated calculations. So at a minimum, what every organization should be looking at is, as I look at new data sources that I've got to pull into my beat, my guilty, or other provisions that are going to feed into your um, income tax, from a provision or compliance perspective, my question would be, why wouldn't you start on a blank piece of paper and design it to automatically extract that data and go with a mindset of, we want to, one, define what the calculation and data sources are, but two, how can we automatically extract and run it through an automated calculation? As opposed to, the alternative is, do it in the spreadsheet world where you just kind of bootstrap your way through it, and then you're going to repeat that, and that mediocre process that you build um, is just probably going to get more and more challenging over time. So I would say it I would acknowledge it never feels like a good time to go through a transformation, and that's a real uh, challenge. That's why we uh, change management is often a big part of this, and setting expectations is really important. Um, now is as good a time as any because you're never going to have a better business case, and you're never going to see tax on the headlines and part of so many discussions than you are right now, given this was a once in the last 30 years event. So my position would be is, yes, acknowledging that it, it will feel challenging, it will feel stressful, but that's where you should get a surge of resources, either within the organization or you know go out to a firm like PwC. And certainly we're here to help organizations work through that um, because why would you want to build new processes in a manual, non-automated way? That just doesn't make sense to me. And I had a client refer to it as if I'm going to do open heart surgery on my provision module, I might as well start with something fresh and clean and get a good new start given the volume of change that's happening with tax reform. So that's yeah. another interesting way to look at it. And well, then the interim tools, I think a lot of people are in an Excel model. So looking at other options, whether it's just ETL tools, business intelligence tools to really focus on as you think about just the forecasted legal entity data, pulling that into more of a FIN18 calc, Trying to pull all those pieces together for interim is another challenge that is definitely on the technology minds of a lot of our clients. Well, thank you, Teresa. It's always a pleasure having a discussion with you, and this one was no exception. <laughs> thank you, Andy. All right.